All right, what is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. Today's going to be episode 58 of the NeuroEdge podcast, and I have a really awesome guest on the show today. I love this dude's energy and everything. He's going to break down everything from health, fitness, high-performance, business. So give a warm welcome to Mike, known as C-Rock, and I don't want to butcher your last name, but is it C-Rocco? Sirocco. Sirocco. Okay, awesome. We'll just call you Sirock. That's why you're here. That's it. That's why the that's why the name's there, bud. So, uh, awesome. Hunter, man, I'm glad to uh, be here. I'm so thankful to have like the opportunity to be on your show, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing the water you made of movement to your audience, man. Awesome. Let's dig into it. So, first of all, uh, just give my audience a little bit of background on who you are. How did you get here today, and what do you do? Well, first of all, I am a, a uh, manager of a large division of uh, a mortgage company called Nations Lending in the Mid-Atlantic, and then also we are located in Miami. And you know, I started out in the real estate world and got into mortgages in 2006 and just started, me and my partner, my best friend I grew up with, two of us just started working, growing branches and blew up to uh, where we are now, which is 40 employees. Um, and, you know, I've also always been in the, uh, the world of people building. Um, I do mortgages. That's our vehicle. But, you know, every day I wake up, there's a lot of broken people in the world. What I mean by that is broken mindsets, broken uh, emotions, broken physical, you know, beings, and as well as uh, just a, a lot of areas that people need help with. And so every day I wake up, including my employees, I try to make them the best possible versions of themselves is, you know, they got to buy into it, but I coach them in that. So that's this mission I started to get on. And we were also thinking about how can we get known in our local markets and what are you made of podcast came out of that. Um, I try to figure out, you know, how could I share my story with people and what I think about every day, what goes through my mind every day and how can I relate and connect with people via that? And I started thinking, and what are you made of is a, is a line I use all the time talking to myself. You know, I might be crazy, but I talk to myself. I believe in positive self-talk. Um, so when things get tough, you know, I'll say, hey, man, what are you made of? And, um, you know, so that's where it came from. And by the way, the, there's a fire inside of me. I can't really explain it. Um, and people talk about my energy all the time. It's just I have a passion. And it all started back when I was 11 years old. I came from a broken home. And uh, I don't remember my parents together. And when I was 11, living with my dad for three years, I went through some emotional and psychological abuse. Things were taken out uh, with, you know, the custody and child support uh, arguments and conflicts that were going on. A lot of it was taken out on me as a kid. So, you know, I'd been through some awkward situations, some conflict, turmoil. But at that 11-year age, I had to get out of that environment. So I told my dad that. And my dad was my hero. He had a masonry business. And I always looked up to him for the wad of $100 bills he always had in his pocket. And I just remember this as a kid uh, looking at that. And, you know, he got upset when I decided to leave because I, you know, I don't know exactly what was going through his head, uh, whether it was, you know, no, I'm going to have to pay child support again, or I, I don't, I don't know, but he wasn't real happy. And I didn't get the feeling that he was unhappy because I was not going to be there. You know, you follow me. So, uh, when I, when I told him that he said, you know, if you're sure you want to do that, you're going to need this. And he took that wad of hundred dollar bills out, peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And, um, I, you know, I was 11 when that happened and I, you know, just remember thinking like this guy's really given up on me, man. But you know, Hunter, I'm, I'm stubborn as they come. And, you know, I, I also, when people tell me I can't do something or somebody tells me something, 
like that. I just want to prove him wrong. So that fire lit right there. Now, it wasn't all about just proving my dad wrong, but I also knew that if I could show people that I, what I went through, that I could still be successful, I could still help people, I can have a successful business, I can have a successful family, you know, I can get known globally, which is the mission now, then you know what, man, I, I think I could be a great role model to people and I can help a lot of people. So that's the mission. And that's what's, what's uh, spurned from all that. And I still look, look back on it, not resenting it, not, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not upset with my dad, it's on him, whatever, and I forgave him, but um, it's more of a fire that I think that I found in interviewing and being around all great people. All of them have some kind of thing inside of them where they see something that someone says or does and it pisses them off and then they get like on fire. And if they don't have that, they make it up. <laughs> so that's, that's what it's all about, man. And, uh, you know, I've been just doing the Woody Made Up podcast and asking great guests to come on and, and interviewing them. And then now I have a library of guests of great mentors to go back and refer back to anytime I need to check out something or if I'm off base with something. So, yeah, that's awesome. And one thing I started my podcast has been over six months now, like going on seven months and the amount of learning I've been able to do is amazing. And you don't really know when you're starting there, okay, where's this going to go? And then it turns into this huge learning experiment and you get to talk to amazing people and learn awesome insights. But I want to go back to your childhood because it is crazy how many people, would go through the same thing and then completely turn on the world and say, these are my circumstances and I can't get out of them. And this is just how I was raised and then easily fall back into the same traps that either your parents made or be the same way as a father or even go down the worst route. And I think, I mean, if you looked at percentage wise, what people do that, it's probably the majority probably end up going that route. So that's just a, a testament to your, will and fortitude and then also um, what do you think it was that made you say no i'm not going to do that i'm not going to engage that i'm going to focus on the straight and narrow and try to really help people regardless of whatever was from from my background yeah. great question um here's the thing so when i'm first of all when i made that determination and he did that i didn't leave that house right away um, the court system had to do their thing. So just imagine being in that awkward situation in that house with that going on, right? That's built me into what I am today. Like in business, I, there's no awkward situations for me in business. I hit it head on. I don't run from anything because nothing feels awkward to me anymore uh, because I've been through it all and that's what I'm made of. That's what I use all the time. But when I left, eventually I uh, had a guy named George who was my stepfather, my mom married. And George was like a really hard black and white, uh, do good things, good things happen, do bad things, bad things happen. And he was came in my life at the right time, right when I was becoming a man, right? And showed me what right from wrong and how a man should be. He wasn't the best financially and with money, but when it came down to uh, doing the right things, uh, he was he was this, this savior to me at that age. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, something in here, there's something in here that's, you know, maybe different. I don't know, but I just give credit where credit is due. And we lost George about a year and a half ago. And I'll tell you another funny story. It's not really funny, but ironic. When George passed about a year and a half ago, something like he was really passionate. Like when you talk about baseball, you talk about hunting, fishing, crabbing, because we have crabs up here in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, uh, any Anything like that, he would be quiet in a, in a party where there's people around. But if you mentioned any of those things, 
or any of the Philly sports teams, right? He was a Philly fan. Um, he would go crazy, man. It, like it would be like a light went off and all of a sudden he's just like passionate, right? Well, when he passed, man, something happened and it might sound weird to some people and that's fine. I'm just telling you like it is. But when he passed January of 2019, something came into like energy or something came into me where this mission that I was on, that's when it got turned on, by the way. I had a mission that all of a sudden came, became clear to me and I just went like all out on it. And I know it has a lot to do with something, some spiritual thing. I, I don't know exactly. I don't know how to explain no. it, but. No, um, I, I definitely understand that. And I think there's, I'm a pretty spiritual person and there's so much that's going on there in terms of energy feedback. And like you said, you knew it was not something necessarily physical, it was in your heart that was, okay, I'm gonna start this mission now. You maybe not even know what that looks like, but know that you're gonna do something to help change people and do something. And you never know, I was talking to another guy and like you, he kind of had a past that he had to grow out of and make something of himself. And the story, how much that helps other people. And even though you may not even wanna share it, it may be hard to share, it may be tough to share, but the fact that someone else is going through that, and as humans, we learn from seeing other people come out of the same situations that we did. And that's probably what you were feeling, man. Yeah, you know, Hunter, a lot of people won't share their stories because they're afraid of the people that, they're, that were involved in those stories and hurting those people's feelings. And look, you know, my dad wasn't perfect. My stepmom wasn't perfect. My mom, nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to tear them down when I tell that story. It has nothing to do with that. And, it, and I, I had to toe the line there for a little bit because I'm trying to figure out what I should share. But you know what? When you go through something in your life, it's your story, man. Yeah. It's your story. And long as you're telling the truth, and it helps more people than it hurts. You got to get it out there and share it because, man, I, you know, the impact that I've had already by sharing this story has blown me away. And, you know, people ask me, like, how the heck did you blow up so quick? Like, it's only been a year, but you seem like you're everywhere. And I don't know how you're accomplishing all this. Do you even sleep? But when you're passionate about something and you're committed and you have that energy that comes inside of you um, and you see, you start getting feedback from people and the results that you're getting from people it's easy man like i went i woke up at five in the morning yesterday it was like 9 30 last night and i told my wife i'm fired up man i don't even feel like i've like done anything yet today let's 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 go yeah <laughs> um and you know it's it's a it's a crazy thing when you have that inside of you um but you know what also i know your show's about uh you know fitness and health and and, and high performance I truly believe that the way I take care of my body though helps that. Like I work out daily cardio. I watch what I eat. Now COVID obviously we've had some issues with uh, dieting because um, it's just a, I think there's a lot of cortisol that comes out from the stress of everything. And, and you know, you don't eat as I'm making excuses. I just ate like shit. Uh, apologize for the language, but so, yeah. uh, but you know, for the most part I could feel that when I'm feeding my energy or my body with the right kinds of energy and food, it makes all the difference in the world. And when I don't, I can't perform as well. I, I, I feel it, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it too, man. Dude, that's one thing I talk about on my podcast all the time is setting the baseline. And a lot of people don't even realize it. You, like, you know, okay, if I eat this food, it's not like my energy level, my performance, my ability to actually contribute and help people is not going to be there. And I always say, if you control the baseline, so like if you make sure that you're eating the right food, the ability to show up is going to be at so much of a higher level that competition wise, and I don't think it's necessarily like competition, like we're all 
here to help learn each other. But the ability of what you can bring to the table to be able to serve other people is so much higher. And what happens is you start to have a positive feedback loop. So if you eat like shit, like junk food all the time, your brain is not going to be biochemically as healthy as it can be. And so you start to get a negative feedback loop. You may start to question yourself. You don't have as much energy. Like you were saying, like you were fired up at 930. That's because you take care of your body. And yeah, you may have eaten one bad meal, but like overall, you're a healthy dude. So you can make sure that you're on fire to accomplish your mission. But then on the flip side, if you are eating healthier, exercising, you're doing all the right things, it creates this positive feedback loop of momentum. So if you get up early, you get your workout in, or get your cardio in, and then you're like, oh, I did that. And then you're on to the next thing. And it creates this momentum. And then you do that for six months, man, like the amount, like you said, in a year, the amount of progress you can make is crazy. Yeah. So it's like those little things. And what I don't know if you have, do you, do you play sports or anything growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Baseball, football, wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I played football in college too. And the, the, what are you made of? Dude, that sounds like something like, I know I've heard it before in a locker room or somewhere, but that like gets me down in my soul of like, when I was playing football, like the coaches, it's like fourth quarter, fourth and goal. Yep. You're on the line. It's like, what are you made of? You know, and that's where yep. all the preparation, all those little decisions that you make over time, when that, when crunch time comes up, when it's time to perform, when it's time to build a business, when it's time to hire people like you're doing in your mortgage business. That's what are you made of, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. in athletics, that translates so much into our lives today. And that's why I think, I don't know, I'm a little biased because I'm a former athlete too, but we have, like, athletes have this thing, like you are saying, you just have this like, fire inside you. And whether it's because, like, we have a chip on our shoulder, because I was a walk-on in college and ended up getting put on scholarship, like, because somebody told you you couldn't do it, you know? And so you want to do it that much more and so far, Jeff, like, um, I love yeah. what you made up because it like it brings the yeah. athlete's mentality to whatever we're doing in our mission. You know. Yeah, when I played football, I just wanted to run through people, like just absolutely destroy them, and it could have been a lot of the anger that I had as a kid, you know. And, and playing yeah. football might have gotten a lot of that out of me, so that it was focused on that rather than extracurricular activities, as they say. Yeah. You know, and I. I but but the other thing on uh, uh, when it comes to sports as well is is that you have that fire inside of you too. Could could be the the reason uh, behind it could be because you don't want to get run over by people. And you, you know, you have to make sure that you're, uh, you know, I, I just always looked at it like I was scared that I was not going to be good enough, yeah. you know? And I thought in my mind a lot of times, like, man, I got to outwork everybody because I'm not the fastest. I'm not the tallest, you know, I'm five, seven, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm solid. Like, you know, I'm, when I played football, I was like 185. I'm 200, 205 now. But I'm solid, but I wasn't tall. I wasn't the fastest. So I was always know, knowing that I had to out-hustle and out-work everyone and had a little fear inside of me from that as well. But, uh, you know, here's the other thing, high performance. I don't think people can have high performance without that, that little drive or that something's pissed you off and you're trying to prove something wrong. I don't think any great person in business or sports doesn't have that itch inside of them, that animal inside of them, like that's caged. You know, that's, that's something that honestly I released really, I felt released in the last two years during this, everything that's been going on with what are you made of and how this is coming about with our company and scaling and everything, man. I think all of a sudden I understood that the animal that's inside of me is okay to come out, man. It's designed to come out. And I, if somebody doesn't like it, tough shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't have to be is, around me. Yeah. And the world is big enough where why would you even want to waste time? in letting someone affect your energy that way. 
because you know deep down what your mission is and what you need to bring to the table to accomplish it. And if somebody doesn't like it, that's okay. And then it's not to say that they're even bad, but it's just stay on the path, you know, and like attract who you want to into your life. And you've probably seen just from doing the, short, the amount of time that you have, the type of people that come into your life because of it, or the type of people that you vibe with and mesh with on a higher yeah. level. You know? So here's the thing, like that's, that's podcast talk for us because we're around it all the time. A lot of people, this will resonate with a lot of people, man. A lot of people do not realize that the reason that they are afraid to be who they are because they're worried about what people think really stems from the fact that they're not confident in themselves to be able to find other friends, find other people to work for or work with. They're not confident inside, man. That's what the broken people that I'm talking about, right? So I've been there before, man, and I, and I didn't realize the reason I was doing it. Like I would put up with people's crap. I would, I would uh, not be hard on people, not hold people accountable. I would hang around negative people. And I didn't realize that, like, that the whole thing stemmed from the fact that I was concerned with finding new people, whether it was relationships or workers or what have you, and worrying about what those particular people think when there's 7 billion people on the planet. So if you're listening to this right now, and you're not surrounded by the kind of people that make you happy, lift you up, make you successful, or help provide support to make you successful. You really need to analyze that and go back to the root of it, which is the lack of confidence that you have, and figure out how you can build that confidence up. And I can help with that as well, but that's something that, that's where it stems from. Same thing with working out, staying healthy. People like, you know, they're on a diet and then they go out with their friends and their friends are trying to shove drinks in their face or, or take them to a, a restaurant that doesn't have healthy food. And then they, they talk and they try to pull them back down to their level. The crabs in the barrel. <laughs> yeah. And it happens. And then people stop doing their diet and stop sticking with the, to what they want to do, get shredded or get in shape or accomplish something, whatever they want to accomplish. And that's, that's a problem. So if you're listening to this, the, the key to this is being aware of it. I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of it when it was going on. And I just, I didn't know the stem of it. I knew that there was, there was negativity going on. I knew that I wasn't feeling right. I knew people were holding me back, but I didn't really realize it was the confidence thing. Yeah. Well, it's so true too, because I can't remember if it was Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, they said you're an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And as much as you try to be high performance or be the best version of yourself, if you're around negative people, they're always in your ear, like you said, talking. Like, and whatever it is, like if you're, just, you're trying to be healthy and you don't want to eat junk food or you don't want to drink 10 drinks you got with friends or whatever, and you hear that in your ear, to a certain extent, that we only have a, we have a very limited amount of willpower and self-discipline. And if you're constantly putting yourself in scenarios where that's getting stretched, who wouldn't do that? But if you can surround yourself, and right now it's kind of tough because it's, not, it's tough to actually congregate but even just from a mindset standpoint, if you can surround yourself with other people that are like-minded, but you know, even though they might not be in your physical presence right now, but you know they're on the path that you want to be, man, the, the difference, because that's what I've done with myself over the last few years and the amount of mental strength that you develop, the emotional strength and everything, and then just the ability to actually accept goals and achieve them is unprecedented. Right. You know? right, right. And, you know, um, for your audience, by the way, if you guys want a free copy of my book that's coming out, it's called What Are You Made Of? The Art of People Building. Um, if you, I'll give you a link. It's, um, www.themikecrock with no K, themikecrock.com. Yeah. And, and I'll put that in the description site, for everybody too. So yeah. If you go to that site and, uh, and hit me up and, and there should be, I think they're, they're putting something in there where you can sign up for the 
for the uh, book for free. But uh, I want to get that to people in people's hands. And the reason it's free is because I want like this mission I'm on is to get it out there to people. And I don't want people to not have the information because they don't want to spend the 20 bucks or whatever the heck the book costs nowadays. So um, the Mike is where you can find all my podcasts and all that jazz, but I want to help people and I can't help people if people don't invest in themselves, just the time it takes to go and log in somewhere. So yeah. check that out. Uh, it's important because I want to help on that topic. That confidence is a big topic that I talk about. Yeah. Well, going along with that, one thing I wanted to talk about is mentors and the importance of coaches and mentors. And can you expand upon that? Just the, the difference that they've had in your life growing up and like how, how much that's helped you get to where you want to go faster in a you know, better way. Yeah. And I talked about George, my stepdad back when I was 11, but then as I got older and getting into business, I worked for a guy named Joe and I was, that was my first real sales job. And he took me in like a little brother and taught me some things. And, um, and then, you know, that was important for me because I learned a lot, which, uh, it was in-home sales, man. It was tough. And I learned how to close deals and handle objections and deal with the diversity and rejection. But, uh, Moving on from there, uh, I didn't have a real, I didn't really have a mentor after that when I got into real estate and mortgage business. And I, I did good because just because of the effort Fire. that I was given. But yeah. at the end of the day, I could have been a lot bigger place if I would have sought a, a mentor to help me. Uh, but then I ran into Grant Cardone. Uh, I'm a Cardone licensee, by the way. So I teach a lot of Grant's content. Um, but if you haven't heard of Grant Cardone, check him out. He is a, uh, the number one sales trainer in the world and also a big time. Uh, real estate syndicate and he has taught me that's who's really taught me how to unleash the animal inside of me um, so when I found Grant that thing started moving in that light speed I started moving yeah. faster I started accomplishing bigger things and also setting my goals way higher because he has the thing called the 10x rule and that's about setting your goals 10 times higher but also 10x higher but but the thing is is really understanding that you're going to run into 10 times the amount of hurdles you think you are trying to get to your goal. You're going to run into setbacks that are 10 times worse than you thought. Be prepared for it ahead of time so that you know the effort that you put forth can get through all that. And that's, that's the mentor that I've been following over the last two years uh, along with his team. And it's been game changing. And all my team in the mortgage business has been following it now. And we're exploding literally yeah. like record months that, that you just can't believe happened. It's something magical. Yeah. Well, I think it's the energy of getting around people like that. Like you said, it goes back to the five people that you spend the most time with. And when you're around those people, it automatically, just like in athletics, sales, business, whatever it is, it takes you to the next level just by the nature of the energy around you. Know? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to save, save a lot of time and money when you get a mentor, whether you, you like just basically look on YouTube or read a book of someone's or if you get around them and invest in them, uh, coaching programs or whatever it might cost. A lot of people don't do it because they're like, they look at the cost or the time involved with it. And they're like, I don't have time for that. I don't have the money for that. But at the end of the day, what they don't realize is it costs way more money and way more time to do it on your own. And they don't realize that most people don't. I didn't for a period of time. I didn't realize it either. But when you start to realize that if you invest X amount of dollars or X amount of time and you get to skip ahead, do you remember Mario brothers back in the day? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Super Nintendo. I think there was some codes you could put in where you would skip levels. Yeah, that's what a mentor is all about. It's, yeah. it's taking time out of the equation, speeding up the process, giving you some shortcuts that are, that are good and saving you a lot of money. And, yeah. you know, that's, 
to me, I'll never stop having someone that I'm learning from. Basically, and how you, how you find a mentor is go and look to find someone that is where you are or has what you want and go, go look at their content or ask them if you have access to them, ask them how they got there, what, what you can learn from them and yeah. how they could help you. Or basically, first, I always ask, how can I help them? How can I invest in them first? Yeah. And then it comes in return. So, Yeah. One guy I study a lot is Jay Abraham. I don't know if you watch any of his content or anything, uh, but he talks a lot about that. It's the cost of not doing something. So the opportunity cost. Uh, a lot of people look at what does this cost me today versus five years from now? What does it cost you not to, whatever it is, if it's leaving a job and starting your own business, or if it's leveling up in your business and going to the next level, setting higher goals. Um, it's the cost of not doing that. And then for your three years, the amount of growth that you could have had, had you not made that decision, um, but totally do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to, man. And I always look at that now, like, and then when things are going rough, I always look at like, if I'm trying to make a decision on something, not necessarily if it's going rough, but if I'm trying to make a certain decision and I'm worried about the outcome, I always look at what's the worst case scenario. Like yeah. what is the absolute worst case scenario? And then I'm like, if I can live with that, then I make the decision to go ahead with it, yeah. you know? And that's, that's what I always tend to do with things and decisions in business um, is looking at that. Um, but I'm really, man, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, I, I spent probably, I don't even know if I want to share this, but ah, hell with it. I probably spent a hundred thousand dollars over the last year uh, investing in self-improvement, mentorship, uh, not just for myself, but my team building my team and it has paid off in probably at least eight times, yeah. at least maybe more. And it, cause it's not done yet. Obviously anything that you do for self-improvement or learning is a lifetime. Uh, exactly. You're so. a changed person that changes your experiences and then also changes your habits and everything. So yeah. yeah. Um, going back to the high performance stuff, cause I know you're really into high performance. What do you have and do you notice when you talk about yourself, but then also because you're around a lot of really successful people, um, is there a certain daily routine that they follow? And do you have a certain daily routine they follow? And how important is that in sticking on accomplishing your goals and hitting your numbers when you set your 10x goal or whatever? Yeah, so what I've seen is there's four things. <clears throat> They're consistent with whatever they do. They do it frequent high frequency. They do it with passion and massive action. Those are the four things I've seen with all these successful people that I hang around with. And what I do on a normal, like normal day, I get up early. I try to get up. It's like beat the sun up, maybe five, five thirty in the morning. Right. I get up. The first thing I do, and it sounds corny. And I've seen this from these people that I hang out with too, is I have a moment of gratitude. And I really think, again, this might sound corny. I really think to myself, man, thanks for my toes. I wiggle my toes. I wiggle my fingers. And I'm like, okay, I have all my extremities working great. I can breathe. I can see. I hum a little bit just to make sure my voice is there so that I can talk to the people and help the people. I can hear. I go through it, dude. I lay there in my bed for a second and, and really go through that stuff. Then I move my legs and I'm like, all right, I'm good. Thankful. And I look over at my wife. Man, I'm thankful to have my wife. Not in that order, by the way, because uh, she's sitting over here. So I, matter of fact, let me change that. I say first, thank you for my wife, then thank you for my toes. <laughs> Uh, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm just really, really focused on uh, gratitude in the morning because then everything else that I had to complain about or think that something's wrong, it goes away. It disappears, yeah. dude. It's, it's, I say this a lot. It's like magic. But uh, so I see that a lot in, in successful people and I do it and it works. And then also, this is a big one too for high performance. I always drink a big thing of water. This thing right here. 
I drink one or two of these when I first wake up in the morning. Immediately before Same. I put anything else in my body. <laughs> I don't take I don't take coffee or anything like that until I get water in. And for some reason that's been help helps me um for with energy and also like it wakes me up for some reason. And so I do that every single morning and I write my goals down every single morning. This is imperative too, because I learned this from Grant. We have a book like this, right? And every day we write our goals down like they already happened. And then we also write out specifically how, like what we expect from them. And so for example, if I want to make $10 million a year, I write $10 million a year. And when do I expect to make that by? And I write that down when I expect I'm making $10 million by this date. How am I going to get there? I write down, how am I going to get there? If I want to get in shape and I want to lose a certain amount of pounds, I write, I weigh the amount of pounds that I intend to weigh at this period of time. Um, you know, and I, so I write these down every day. I look at them. It makes me resell myself every day because sometimes you'll fall off track if you don't. Most people don't write their goals down, but once a year. January 1st, and then it's just back to wherever they were before. <laughs> so just so you know, and I write my goals down at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. But if I only do it once, I'm doing it 365 times more than the person that does it once a year. Who's going to be more effective? Who's going to win? Who's going to be more successful? You know, and so that's, that's the thing that I do. And then from there, I read 10 pages every morning, 10 pages a day in the morning will get you 300 pages a month. If you do it before bed too, that's 600 pages a month that puts you through books, like at least two to three books a month. Yeah. You can't tell me if you don't do that at the end of the year, you're not going to be better off, smarter, more, more successful, more productive. Um, so those are the things that I do every morning. And then I work out consistently. Um, it's not even a thought, by the way, I don't just go to the gym and mosey around and then, uh, what am I doing today? Arms and legs and do some curls and whatever. Like I go at it, man. Like I, I try to, I try to really like every day, take it up a notch so that I like really, question whether I'm going to survive or not. That's how I approach it. You want to talk about high performance? I think that's what it takes. Absolutely. And you look at some of the most successful people in the world, rarely do you see someone that's just like 400 pounds completely out of shape. They're successful because they're healthy and because they take their health and fitness seriously. And that makes them better at what they do. And so some people would be like, oh, I'm going to focus on my business during that time you won't actually be able to grow your business if you're not healthy because you're not going to be able to show up with the right energy. And going back to the gratitude thing, I don't think that's corny at all. I would have been someone that said five or 10 years ago, oh, that kind of sounds corny. I started doing it and it came into when I started in real estate, you get into self-development and everything. And I started doing it. And there's actually a science behind it. It's called your, I think it's your reticular activated nervous system. And it's kind of our subconscious brain picking up everything that's going on in front of us. And when you remind yourself every day, hey, I'm here, I have all my fingers, I have all my toes, I have the ability to go out and do something, you're sending the signal to your brain and your body that you're able to accomplish something and you're able to go out in the world and make stuff happen. If you don't do that, you're always going to be looking for the problem that's wrong. But when you put your brain in the frame of, hey, I'm here, I have so much to be thankful for, and even just living in America, like you said, what's the worst thing that can happen? We still have, we still live in America, which is better than 90% of the 90% of the people on the planet have it. And so like you said, it's reminding yourself what you do have. And then that puts you in so much more position to help people, which I think at the end of the day, the most successful people are the ones that help people the most. You can maybe get a little bit of success, success ripping people off, but you know, being in sales, being in a people business, that you help the most people, you win, you know? 
Yeah. And by the way, if you don't have all your fingers, um, like let's say you have nine, just be thankful that you have nine. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it, be happy, happy with what you have and watch what happens. And it, it is a game changer, brother. And, you know, uh, you talked about real estate there for a second. Um, you know, real estate, there's so many real estate agents that are, that are not successful. So many, M- majority of them don't do a lot of business. They're not making money to pay their bills and they get their license thinking it's the end all be all. And that really bothers me. So I just, I don't know if you know this or not, but I train real estate agents. I do sales team, sales meetings and coaching for real estate agents uh, constantly. And, you know, we approach things a little differently than most lenders uh, in the home mortgage business. It's, it's, we like to give and help. And then in turn, the agents appreciate that. And they send us business and their clients because they appreciate what we've done for them. And we also help them make more money by teaching them marketing or teaching them the things that have worked and blew our business up. And, you know, really what I want to like talk about, no, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or any kind of sales or any kind of business. The main problem people have is nobody knows who you are or people forget about who you are. So the real estate agents will sit back and see somebody being really successful and they're like, I'm better than him. I don't know why he gets all this business. How does he get all this business? Or they'll be on social media and they'll say, uh, so they'll see their friend or family member use someone else and they get pissed at that person when actual actuality, they should be mad at themselves because they didn't con contact that person, stay in touch with that person, send that person mail, call, whatever the case is, and constantly prospect. And so the outflow of a real estate agent needs to be high and consistent with a lot of passion. And what will happen is the business will return. But that's not happening in most cases. And then, you know, that really bothers me, man, because there's so much potential out there for people. And they just don't go after it or they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think that too, it goes back to, and this is where my strengths really helped me in real estate is they don't have systems to actually do any of that. So they may, they'll hear a motivational talk or speaker or anything one day, and then they'll go out and do it. And then 10 days later, they're right back to where they were. And they have no system in place for, like you said, making sure that people know who they are and what they do. And if you can do that, I know my business has taken off because I have systems in place that whether it's the first time I meet someone or they close on a house that for the next five years, there's touch points that go to them and not touch points to try to ask me for anything, but how can I serve them? And when you can systemize conversations with people and helping people, that's where you really see massive growth. But like you said, it's about letting people know that you're there to help. Yeah. But where I always look like at the root of the, the problem, the root of the problem is they're not committed because if you're really committed about being successful and you're not just looking for an easy way, right? If you're really committed, you'll figure out the way. If you don't know, you'll ask somebody, you'll Google it, you'll search. I know a lot of real estate agents that were nothing. And then they became something because they got online and just searched out systems, sales systems, CRMs, um, you know, prospecting. And they looked and and, because they were committed, man, it all comes down to what are you not committed on? Or what are you not committed to? What are you not sold on? You have to be, you have to find those areas because if you don't, that's the root of the problem. So I always like to go back to the beginning, not start somewhere in the middle because the problem's still going to be there here in the beginning if you don't. And that, but it's a great point. Great point. Yeah. yeah. In real estate, I don't know if you ever hear like the 80, 20 principle, like 20% yeah. of the people, I think in real estate, it's probably more like 95, five, 5% of the people get all the business and then 95% are left with the scraps, but it's because they didn't, they weren't serious enough. And I think a lot of people 
they struggle when they initially get into entrepreneurship because they, whether they went through school or they were in a corporate job or something like that before, they expect if they show up that things will take care of themselves. And when you're an entrepreneur, when you're doing sales, you have to be the one that is making stuff happen and going out and doing it and creating. And I think it's more, it's about creating and putting yourself out there and creating something that helps somebody else. And when it, it's a mindset shift of going from that, that it doesn't matter. You can't just show up and expect things to happen. You have to get up every single day and your value is determined by what you do every single day. It's not going to be determined by, especially in real estate or mortgages, you don't have a salary. You know, it's not going to be like your yeah, title yeah. or whatever. It's going to be what did you bring to the world that day? And what's crazy about sales and real estate mortgages is that your value is directly tied to the income that you get. And so you know at the end of the day, what I made was the value that I provided to the world. Yeah, it all starts with being obsessed with being omnipresent. Like yeah. everywhere, like when this is what I, by the way, when I found started this movement, I said, I'm not going to just do half ass this movement. I'm, listen, I want to find a way. And every day I'm thinking, how can I get known? How can I get out there? Where else can I be? Where am I not right now? And I, I'm, I'm obsessed with it, man, because I want everybody to see me everywhere they look. If they're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. If they ever touch my website, uh, still go to the website, by the way. If, but if yeah. anybody ever touches the website or everybody watches one of my videos on social media, I want them to see me again and again and again and again until they get sick of me because I know I have a good heart and I'm, I have great intentions to bring them some kind of value. Um, but I, I just want nobody to forget about me because that's where it all stems from, man. And since I've done that, by the way, being obsessed every single morning, our business is shot up. Yeah. So that's what it takes, man. Really obsession. And there's nothing wrong with a good obsession. No. And especially if it's like a mission like you're doing to, it's a, like you said, it's a people business and to actually change the world. And you never know what you do for one person, what that ripple effect has into just making, especially with everything that's going on right now, all the negativity, all the fear, all the anxiety that's out there, the more that we can help people put light out into the world, you know, it's going to make the world a better place. And eventually that ripples effect now too. Well, beyond that we can know. Well, the other thing on that, not that topic, man, you know, I, I don't, I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about all that kind of stuff. What I talk about is what's right is right and wrong is wrong. Right. And I think that some people are so scared to call people out on their BS because they're worried about what people will think of them. And you know, that that's a problem because there's a lot of people trying to influence people for their own benefit. Now I'm not going to say what side is which you can determine that for yourself, but when you're watching the news or you're watching anything or you see anything, be smart enough to understand who is trying to influence you a certain way. Because at the end of the day, when I go out of this house and I see a person, I love that person as a person, no matter what. Now, if the person acts up and has issues, then I'm going to tell them, Hey man, you got issues. And yeah. you have, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, by the way, everybody prejudges, by the way, prejudice not racism, but prejudice or prejudice. Everybody prejudges. If you say you do not prejudge anything, not just people, but anything, any situation, you are lying because your brain does it automatically. Your brain is designed for survival. So your brain is designed to prejudge something as fast as possible for reaction. And so when you, but, but what's, what happens after that? It's, it's, are you aware of that? And how do you treat people? You know, and that, that's a problem. And, and so the problem we have is, is that there's a lot of people trying to divide us and 
you know, because they want to for power purposes. And I, you know, I just believe that if you treat everybody the way you would want to be treated and call people out on their bullshit, then, then you're going to be a better situation. Yeah. I heard something awesome the other day, the golden rule, like you said, treat everyone like you want to be treated. Then the silver rule after that, don't treat anyone how you would not want to be treated. Which yeah. is the same thing too. And yeah. I think now is more important than ever that we do that. And uh, nothing is too small. I think a lot of people, they, they might not think of their life as significant in being able to do that. But even if it's one person, two people for that day that you see do that, people remember how you feel. You know, being a people business, it's not about necessarily like how great of a real estate agent I am, how great of a lender you are. It's how you make them feel and how you help them. So that exactly. And if I, my intentions, I know what my intentions are and I'm trying to build people. And let's say I don't go to some kind of thing to support someone, or I don't post something on social media, or I don't do this, or I don't do that. That doesn't concern me whatsoever. Too many people feel guilty for certain things. And I don't feel guilty because my, I, know, I know where my intentions are. I know where I'm going and I know what I'm going to do for people. I don't care what color their skin is, what country they're from. It doesn't matter to me. If somebody wants to get better, that's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. And we're all team human anyway. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. regardless, like you said, skin color, race, where you're from, whatever, it's about getting better and raising yourself to the next level. So Yeah, no matter where you are. Like, I don't care where you came from. You should always be striving to get better. And everybody's going to, we're not created equal because everybody starts at different levels. You're born into certain areas. You're born in certain families and you may be higher or lower, but no matter where you are, aim for higher. Yeah. Like you said, 10X, the 10X rule. I love it. I've read Grant, all his books and everything. Um, 10X rule. And it's like making, setting goals that you think are too big for yourself and then yeah. yourself to get to that point, you know? Yeah, by the way, one thing on that. Once you start achieving things in, in your physical health, your finances, your business, whatever it is, you will start seeing yourself at higher levels. And then what you'll see is that becomes your floor now, not your ceiling anymore. And so you're setting higher standards so that the next month or what have you, like this is where your, your new baseline is. You talked about baseline. Your new yeah. baseline gets risen. And so when you, you, your potential also goes up. So your new floor is here. Your ceiling goes up higher now. And you need to make sure you understand that and be aware of that. Your standards are now here going back below. That's unacceptable because you know, you've hit this level now. Yeah. So going back below here is danger. It's, it's, it's a problem and be aware so that figure out what you got to do to get going back up. And, and if everybody does that, man, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome feeling when you have higher state, like notice that you have higher standards now. Yeah. You know, it's so true. But cool. Well, I know we got to get close to wrapping up and everything. Uh, I want to close out with this. First of all, I'm going to put all your stuff in the description and everything. Um, and we'll let you know wherever people, everybody can find you. Um, you said something that was really important that I want to close out with. And it's that mindset is everything. And when I first started in real estate, you'd hear people say that. And I thought, yeah, but what are the tactics to get me what I need? And then when I got successful and started closing a bunch of deals and making really good money and everything, I realized that it was all mindset. And the mindset is the only thing because at the end of the day, you're the one that gets up in the morning and you're the one that has to put yourself out there in the world. And a lot of people may not want to admit that, but mindset is so important. And uh, C-Rock, you've been awesome, especially as it relates to mindset. So I can't recommend you enough for people to go out, check out your stuff. Um, but if you just want to close us out, uh, let people know where you can find you and everything. Yeah, man. First of all, by the way, if you're not training every day, your body, your mind, your, your profession, every single day, your profession needs to be trained as well. My team trains every day. Uh, you're, you're missing out because uh, you get rusty quick. 
in anything that you're doing. So yeah, you, uh, my website again, themikecrock.com with no K and at Mikey C rock, M I K E Y C R O C on Instagram. That's the best way to reach out to me. Uh, I answer my DMS man, because I, I, I enjoy it and I want to help people. So, um, and also my book is called what are you made of the art of people building that's on the website as well. All right. Awesome. Well, everybody think about this as you go throughout the rest of the day, wherever you are, what are you made of? Do something with it. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Hunter. All right.